0: I'm blindfolded. I know, I know it's Vision Sunday, and here I am, here I am blindfolded. And I actually can't see either. I, I put it too tight. But, but the reason I have this on here is because I, I can't I can't actually see you with my eyes. But I can I can see you. I've been I've been praying for you for quite some time. And the even the only reason we even have this church family is because God actually has been seeing you. That's right. yeah. Even before you were ever formed, in your mother's womb, God saw you. That's right. And I just get to be a part, a small part, a, a small voice to help you understand who Jesus is and what he has called you to do. But today on this, this Vision Sunday, we're not talking about sight. We're talking about vision. You see, sight is, is about light, but vision is about illumination. Sight is about you and I trying to get some information, but vision is about you and I getting inspiration. Uh, I I would say I would dare to say sight is about how you and I need a point of reference, but vision is about a revelation that you and I can get from a God that loves us and is for us. There's a difference between sight and vision. I I want you to go with me to John. Let me get this off. I want you to go with me. I can't read the Bible. Like this, John chapter 16, verse number 16. John 16, 16. The scriptures, Jesus went on to say, in a little while you will see me no more. Then after a little while you will see me. Let me read that again. In a little while you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. Okay, uh, some of us, you know, I, I've been married to this hot chocolate mama that I talk about for the last 20, 23 years, 23 years, right, honey, 23 years. It's gonna be 24 uh, in May, so I, I, I love it. But I, what, what, Onega does not remember our first time meeting. I remember our first time meeting. She changed my life from the moment I first saw her. Me, I was forgettable to her. And, <laughs> It is what it is. But um, but some of you are single and you cannot wait to find that person. Maybe this will be the year. Maybe 2021 is going to be the year you're going to find you're going to find that person. So so let me just talk to the fellas for a second. Say, you know, you're on I don't know match.com, uh eharmony. People do eharmony anymore? Uh Bumble, bubble, Bumble, Bumble. I, I don't know. I'm not on dating websites, okay? Um, and I will not be. <laughs> so so you, you, you have a date set up uh, with this young lady. Uh, your, your boys know about it. Uh, you go to the date on Thursday night. Let's say you're gonna go at four just so it doesn't go, if it goes bad, you know, you got the rest of your night to go hang out with your friends. And, and, and you, you go at four o'clock uh, to this coffee shop and, and you, you have this date with her, okay? And you go back later and your friends are asking you about the date. And you say... Yeah, yeah, I I met her. But then you say to them, I met her. You, you see, the first one is, yeah, I, I met this girl and this woman and we had a date. But with that second, same sentence, same words. But when you say, I met her. This is You're saying, I, I met the girl I've been waiting for. This is the girl of my dream. This is the one I have been praying for. This is the reason I've been saying no to everyone else because God had this her, this one young lady set aside for me. Same sentence, same word, words, multiple meanings. Here in John 16, you've got Same words, same sentence, but there's multiple meanings. The first meaning is this. Jesus says, in a little while, you will see me no more. Why? I'm about to die. I'm about to go into a tomb. You won't be able to see me. But after a little while you will see me. Why? Because I'm not staying in the tomb. After a little while, you will see me because that stone will be rolled away and I'm coming out. So he's announcing to them before it ever happens that I am going to die and then I'm going to be gone, but then I'm going to come back. And this is what you and I are celebrating even here today. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that in his death, burial, and resurrection, God has reconciled the world back to himself. And you and I are now forgiven of our sins and can have a brand new start. I, I don't want to, I don't want to skirt past this here. Please understand, we believe even the crazy stuff of the Bible. We're not just talking about being good people here. We're talking about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And if there is no resurrection, the Bible tells us there is no savior. And I'm telling you that Jesus is who he says he is, and he can do exactly what he says he can do. And he died, and then he rose. And since this God of heaven made everything, surely he can bring the dead back to life as well. That's the first meaning. But there's another another meaning. He says, in a little while, you will see me no more. This is the ascension that we read about in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus gives his disciples some directives. And the Bible tells us he ascended into heaven. I'm telling you, I believe the crazy stuff. Then you will see me. After a little while, you will see me. This is his glorious return. You can read about that in the book of Revelation. It talks about how the sky opens up. And then there's someone coming on a horse, and his name is Faithful and True. And he's got a robe on him that says, King of kings and Lord of lords. He's got a tattoo on his thigh, Jesus tatted up. He's got a robe dripped in blood. He's got swords coming out of his mouth, talking about how he is powerful and mighty. He's got an army coming with him. This is our glorious Savior. I'm telling you, not only did he ascend, but he will return, and he's returning for his church, and you and I are here in the meantime, making it on earth as it is in heaven. Two meanings, but in the in-between, In the in-between of this ascension and his return, Jesus left us his spirit. If you read through the book of Acts uh, with us throughout the month of January, and if you didn't, you can do it in February too, but if you're reading through, you can see over and over and over again, over and over again the Holy Spirit, 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 the Holy Spirit filled them, the Holy Spirit touched them, the Holy Spirit, Holy the Spirit, Holy Spirit led them over and over and over and over and over again because God did not leave you alone. Yeah, that's right. Left your helper. Someone's gonna remind you and I of everything that Jesus taught us. Someone's gonna keep pointing us back to Jesus. Someone is gonna illuminate the word of God to a someone that will be there when nobody else is around, but can be there in any prison that we might find ourselves in. I'm talking that the Holy Spirit is with the church, in the church, and on the church, and you cannot, be even, you cannot even be saved without the Holy Spirit. You can't even say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, you can't see him. But just because you can't see him does not mean he is not working in your life. I'll say this, I'll say this, every person who's with us for the first time, every person who's been kind of like, I don't know about this God thing, you can have your arms crossed if you want to, but you need to know the Holy Spirit has his arms wide open and he has been drawing you closer and closer to him and you're even listening to this message today because God's been working on your heart. This, my friends, is what we see even though we can't see. Now, we live in a day, right? We live in a day of like, prove it to me. Prove it. Prove it, prove it, prove it, prove it. prove. It. Show me. Show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. Some people would call it the information age or the computer age or the digital age and understand uh, even though I believe the Bible, I'm not anti-science, right? <laughs> we can see that there's a thing called gravity. Like, no, there's no gravity. Yes, there is. <laughs> I don't have a cold, you're coughing, <laughs> it's allergies. Okay, so, in this information age that you and I live in, I, was, I decided to look back a little bit. And um, we've, we've got, our oldest is 16. And when our oldest was born, this kind of tripped me out. Do you know there was no iPhone? Doesn't it seem like it's been around forever? There was a day there was no iPhone. <laughs> I had a hard time digesting this when I read that. I was like, wait, wh- what did we do? Now, some of us remember way back in the day where you got, had like an actual phone that you had to pick up and it had a line and you had call waiting. You remember when you had three-way calling? You remember that first time you got three-way calling? Like, hey, hey, hold up, hold up. I'm gonna call, call Tony. Hold on, hold on. Tony? Rico? Yeah, we're all on right now. Yeah. That was the day, y'all. That was the day. I remember that. (laughs) But you fast forward to 2007, I believe it is, and the iPhone comes out. 2009, WhatsApp comes out. That's That's an app that uh, allows individuals internationally to now connect. It has broken down so many walls. It wasn't until like 2010 that FaceTime came out. FaceTime. 2010? I was like, wait, that's only 11 years ago. Do you know in your, on your phone, and everybody has phones now, no matter where you are in the world, on your phone to, uh, right now, today, you have seven million times more memory in your phone than the space sh- ship that brought people to the moon that computer on apollo 11 does not even have the memory that you have on your phone do you know you have a hundred million times more processing power in the phone that you might be looking at right now <laughs> Scrolling. <laughs> come on, pay attention just for a second. I know the, we got kids in the room too, so I know we're like giving, hey, take this. It's like crack. Take this, take this phone, take this. No, no, come on. No, open up another app, open up another app. Yep, first one's free. Open up another app, open up another app. You, have, you and I have in our phones a hundred million times more processing power. The world has changed. It's changing quick. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to keep on changing with it. We're not changing our message, but I'm willing to change any method. Let me show you this, what happened yes. at, with Shoreline City over, over COVID. Let me, let me show you this map. Let me show you this map. This map behind you, behind me and on the screen for those who are watching online, this map will show you all the places around the world where people have been now joining in or have at least watched Shoreline City. It's around the world. There are places on there I I had no idea. I I had no idea some of these places even existed. I, I had no idea that they would, I don't even know how they found out you know, YouTube are like, hey, you know, you like this, or so maybe you like this, or maybe you like this. So I'm sure it's algorithm, but I'm also saying, you know, Holy Spirit, you know, it's working it out, and now we've got we've got these individuals from all over the world that are saying, hey, I want to be a part of that church family. Yeah. Now, this for us, for those of us who are in Dallas right now, uh, you need to understand that this is not new for us because our first campus that we ever launched outside of Dallas was in another country. Yeah. Yeah. It was Guatemala. We did not know we shouldn't do it. We just knew that God asked us to do it. We didn't know how big a step of faith it was. So you know when you're kind of ignorant, you don't really know what you're doing. So you're just like, oh, I guess I can do it. So you just go ahead and do it until later on. Everybody's like, you know that was crazy. You're like, I didn't know it was as crazy as you're making it sound. <laughs> we took that step. We have in Antigua right now, in Guatemala, we've got a whole bunch of home and Neighborhood gathers. We got a campus down there that's meeting. This Sunday morning, they are meeting. Matter of fact, uh, Nate and Whitney uh, louder they, they did a longer video, but we just kind of cut it down real quick. I, I, I thought their perspective was interesting because they used to live in Dallas, moved to another country. So they have been in another world uh, from those who are in the room right now. And I just need those of us who are in the room to understand this is not just our only room anymore. Now the world is our room. And I need us dreaming and thinking and believing for the world, roll that video from Nate and Whitney. You know, we've had, again, the unique perspective of being at a distance for a while from the campus, before it was a campus here. And, you know, no matter if you're part of a campus, if you're thousands of miles away from a campus watching from home or with a group of other (laughs) people, you have a specific part to play and distance is not a disadvantage. Wherever you're at right now, God has placed you there specifically and you have a specific sphere of influence and ability to reach the people in your world that only you have. And so God has set you apart for such a time as this. And honestly, if we can just all recognize that it's really not about us, or our strengths, it's about our yes and willingness to be used by Him. There is no limit to what God is gonna do through this vision and through every single one of you. Yes, indeed. Distance is not a disadvantage. So everyone who is online, everybody who is in a home or a neighborhood, I just want you to know we're celebrating what God is doing. We're expanding our heart and our vision to say, God, wherever you want us to go and whoever you've called us to touch, we wanna do it for your cause. And for your glory. The reality is, we don't need more information in order to fulfill the mission that God has given us. Really, what the church needs? We need more faith in Jesus and more surrender to the Holy Spirit. That's really what the faith is. what the church needs. We need more people that are willing to obey what God asks us to do rather than people that are like, mm, let me question, let me think, let me, oh, God, give me 15 different fleeces. God, help me figure it out before I take the step. God's like, hey, I'm not giving you all the answers before you take the step. You're going to have to take the step, so that way you have to keep trusting me. Let me talk about vision for just a second, okay? Vision, for those of you who are hearing this right now, let me just give you some high-level things about vision. First, this is my favorite definition from vision. I did not come up with this. I read this years ago. Vision is a clear mental picture of what could be, fueled by the conviction that it should be. I love this definition. It's a clear mental picture of, of what could be. It could happen, but then you've got this passion, this fire, this conviction. It should be that, and it helps drive you, helps with your decision-making, helps paint a picture for you. For those of us uh, uh, who might be running a business, those of us who have a family, those of us who are even single, I'm gonna even talk about t- t- teenagers for a second. And you're like, man, your freshman year, your sophomore year, man, what do you want? If those who are in college, what do you want your years in school to look like? What do you wanna be known for? What do you wanna be about? What do you want your life to count for? You can write a vision. It can be a clear mental picture of what it could be. You don't have to sleep around. You don't have to be drunk every weekend you don't have to lose your mind you can be a pillar, a city on a hill you can be a man or a woman of God you can be someone that has backbone and confidence, you can be someone that is not walking around insecure and beaten down, you can be every single thing that God has called you to be this uh, it's possible it's possible to have have sight but not have vision it's possible. It's possible to be able to see, but not have vision. Where are you taking your family? Where are you taking your kids? Where are you taking your friend group? And it's cool if we're all just hanging out, and if that's what it needs to be, if that's the vision, cool, but, but maybe there's something more that God has for you. Maybe the people you play basketball with or poker with or uh, the people you like to go run with or, or, or the individuals you like to cro- uh, crochet with. I don't know. Uh, any individuals that you hang out with, what's the vision that God has for you there? Again, uh, God has been kind enough to continue to open up doors. I was thinking about uh, Eddie and uh, Christina Signs, uh, if you guys don't know them, they're a fantastic couple. Those of you who are online, if you are ever in Dallas and you're interested in getting your butt kicked at a jiu-jitsu gym, this is where you wanna go. You wanna go to Kingdom Jiu-Jitsu. They're small business owners. Great, great couple. Eddie has this long flowing hair and can kill you with his bare hands, okay? He's on the security team. <laughs> He's always walking with him. I'm like, man, I'm good. He's like, no, if anybody steps to you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, no problem at all. No problem at all. But he's so nice. He's so nice. Well, when we, we weren't meeting in person, we were meeting in homes and neighborhoods, they opened up their gym. They opened it up and said, hey, as many people want to come, can come. And he and his wife on Saturday night would take time out of their schedule, go to their gym. They ended up putting a big old hole in their gym wall when they were trying to mount their a new TV so that all the 100 people that were coming to this thing would be able to see it. But they ended up getting a TV mounted on the wall. Then they bought a little PA system, and they put it up, not little, meaning big PA system, and they set that up. And then they would set up all the chairs. They would pray over all the chairs and pray over the gym because they were waiting for people to come in. We weren't meeting in a church building, but wherever they are is the church. So now individuals started coming in. And I kept hearing stories about marriages, people coming up to them saying, Man, I needed this, I needed this. Our marriage was falling apart. I needed, I needed the community, I needed to be around some other people, I needed the encouragement, I needed the boost. I, I just needed it. I don't know if I'm weak, but I just need, I needed to be around the family of God. Because none of us, none of us were designed to live this Christian life by ourselves. And it doesn't have to be in a big building, it can be in a home, but being by yourself is not the way God designed it to be. But but Eddie was just telling me because we're in a, a connect group together, and he was telling me this story about a, about a man was coming to his neighborhood gathering. And a, guy, a guy that maybe if you saw him, you might be intimidated, but a guy that God's been working on his heart in a significant way. He comes up to Ed, and he's like, hey, I, I, I want that. I want this, this, this Jesus thing. I want, I want to be a man of God. I want to be a man of character. I want, I want to be a man of integrity. And as you can see, his life transforming and changing. And he's been with this one young lady for, for 20 years. Eddie thought they were married. Come to find out they weren't married. But she said to him not too long ago, she said, uh, I know you wanted to marry me for a long time, But I never wanted to marry the man you were, but now I see how you're changing. I see how God is working on your life. I see how God is working. I see how he's transforming you and I want to marry you now. So here they are after all these years, becoming husband and wife. I'm just telling you, this is the beauty of God working and moving for us here at Shoreline City. We've got a, a vision statement that comes right from the Bible. Matthew, chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. If you're not familiar with this, this is a a portion of the Lord's Prayer. As as you read through it's like, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. This is is our vision statement on earth as it is in heaven. So anywhere there is brokenness, hurt, hurt, Anywhere there is pain, anywhere there is difficulty, anywhere in the earth, it does not look like heaven. We feel like we've been called to go to that spot and make it on earth as it is in heaven. Whether it's a middle school, whether it's a high school, whether it's a single person, whether it's a married person, whether English is their first language or they don't know English at all. Wherever they are around the world, we feel like we have a mandate as a church to go into the four corners of the world and to make it on earth as it is in heaven. And we have no... A messiah complex we are not fooled into thinking it's us and it's shoreline and it's how cool we are because we're not cool enough to save the world we are not nice enough to save the world we're not joy filled enough to save the world because jesus already did it so what we're trying to do is go to every corner of the world and say hey don't put your eyes on us but we want to lift up this glorious savior jesus we will probably disappoint you but he never will This is why we're here. Now, if vision, if vision is future, some would say mission is now. So we have a a now, too. Our now is to to raise up Christ-like leaders. Not to raise up um, self-absorbed consumers. Uh, Not to raise up, armchair Christian quarterbacks. No, that, that's, that's not. We're here to raise up Christ-like leaders. So that means some of the habits some of us have on Twitter or Instagram actually don't work with being a follower of Jesus Christ. And something's got to change. Because God is interested in you being a Christ-like leader. So for, for, for me and you and for this church family, what we kind of did is kind of Mush together our future and our now. Yeah. And we would say it like this, we're here to raise up Christ-like leaders who make it on earth as it is in heaven. Right. So every ounce of potential that God put on the inside of you, we want to see it realized. If you're an artist, we want you to, see, well, we want you to be the best artist God that could possibly make you into. If you're an accountant, we want you on that 10 key... <laughs> Bad. working it. If you're a lawyer, if you're stay-at-home mom or dad, if you're an athlete, wherever your, wherever, whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to fully realize the potential that he put on the inside of you. But what God does for us each year is he gives us a word that helps us frame the year. It gives us a word, and it's not in competition with our vision and mission. It's like a, a supplement. It's like a, a, another angle, another layer. It just kind of gives another perspective. It's just pulling out something. It kind of helps us focus in on something that God is wanting to do in us and through us. So this year, God dropped a word in my heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. First Corinthians chapter three, verse number six. I planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. And I read this that passage of scripture. And I felt like God, he just slapped me upside my bald head. And that word increase jumped off the page at me. And he said, Earl, this is the word for Shoreline City for 2021. Increase is all over this church family. Increase. 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 I'm like, okay, okay, God, okay. And I just, I'm looking at this passage of scripture. I, I planted a Apollos water, but God gave the increase. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So increase. I'm looking at the word, what it means biblically, and it's like multiplication. It means growth. It means development. It means moving forward. It means expansion. It means all the, I'm like, okay, God, this is, this is not my church. This is your church. It's not about me. This is about you, God. You can even make me uncomfortable because I've been uncomfortable enough even leading this church family. And here, my wife and I and the team and all the serve team, we're linking arms together trying to be all that God has called us to be. And we have no idea what we're doing, but we're willing to lay down our lives for the cause of Jesus Christ and point as many people to him as we possibly can. So, God. Whatever you want to do, that's what I want to do. And I don't want to get in the way of what you want to do. So less of me, more of you. And he's like, Earl, I got increase all over you. So if you are a part of Shoreline City, this is on your life this year. I see in this verse, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 6, I see process and promise. I see both. I see the process of somebody's got a plan. Somebody's got to water, but God gives the increase. If you hear just increase and you don't hear the process, you're missing it. Someone has to plant. Someone has to water. God is not doing the planting and God is not doing the watering. He is wanting to partner with you in the planting and in the watering and that he gets the glory for the increase. So when it's done, we don't go, look how awesome we are. We're not that awesome. Okay, we're not. I got the look at my shoes. These are nice. White Air Force Ones. I'm like, yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Air Force Ones don't save souls. Cool music doesn't save souls. There's a bunch of cool music out there that's not saving anybody. Lights don't save souls. Let me just even tell you, having nice people at the door is not what saves souls. But if you see God get involved in music, you see God get involved in a handshake, you see God get involved in a prayer, you see God get involved in anything, He can take the least of the things and turn it into something. So I'm willing to plant, I'm willing to water, I'm trusting God for the increase. My friends, this is not passive, we got to participate you got to participate. you got to participate. God, you will miss 100% of the shots you never take. You're going to have to be willing to at least shoot the shot. You're going to have to be willing to at least write the book. You're going to have to be willing to at least say the prayer. You're going to have to be willing at least to make the call. You're going to have to be willing at least to knock on the door. You're going to have to be willing at least to, to step outside your comfort zone. I'm i felt I'm to say this to me. I will not increase that which has not been planted and that which has not been watered. And so many of us are waiting for God to increase something that we're not willing to participate in. My favorite verse in all the Bible, is my favorite verse you don't have to judge me. You can have your own favorite verse, but this is my favorite verse. Okay, it's not John three sixteen. I love John three sixteen. I'm thankful for it, but it's not John three sixteen. It's John chapter three, verse number thirty. John the Baptist is more popular than Ariana Grande. He's more popular than Justin Bieber. He's more popular than Logan Paul. He's more popular. Then Messi, he's got, everybody knows his name. And in John chapter three, verse number 30, he says these words, he must increase, speaking about Jesus, and I must decrease. The same Greek word increase, here is the same Greek word in 1 Corinthians chapter three, verse number six. He must increase. I must decrease. I like this. Uh, uh, hand me, hand me my, my shears real quick. Uh, hand me my shears real quick for me. Thank you. Don't throw them. Thank you, sir. Um, can y'all hear that? Can y'all hear that at home? Can you... Can you hear that? Okay. I like the relationship here between increasing and decreasing. Because when I said increase, maybe we thought that was uninhibited increase perpetually forever. Uh, okay. yeah, sure, sure. But I was not saying that. No. I was saying. We have a master gardener that knows how to take your rose bush and take it from what it is and bring it to what it's supposed to be. And any gardener that is a master knows that in order to increase that rose bush at some point in time, you're gonna have to decrease that rose bush. I'm gonna get into this more later this week. I, I think on, on Wednesday uh, with, our, with our leadership, leadership talk, I'm, I, we'll, we'll send it out. But, uh, but when, you, when you talk about increase, you and I cannot get away from decrease. If we're wanting more of God to grow in our life, that means less of us and more of him. And the world is better when there's less of us and there's more of him. Your marriage is better, okay? Husbands, your marriage is better. When you're a lot more like Jesus in how you treat your wife than maybe how your parents, your father treated your mother. Less of us and more of him. Okay, let me, let me go to uh, one, more, one more verse, okay? I'm gonna be all done here. It's uh, Genesis chapter 41. Uh, can I hand you these? <laughs> Do it properly. Genesis 41, verse 52. You, you can jot this down. Read it later. It says, and he called, he named his second, this is talking about Joseph, he named his second Ephraim. Ephraim. For God said, for God said, he, He's he's increased me. He's increased me in the land of my humiliation. I'm in a place I do not want to be in. I'm in a spot I don't want to be in. I'm in a relationship I don't want to be in. I'm in a job I don't want to be in. I'm in a season I don't want to be in. I'm in a situation I don't want to be in. But what God did for Joseph, he is able to do for me and for you that even in a place of humiliation, in a place you don't want to be, increase is all over your life. I, uh, I got a little video I want to show you guys. Uh, it can be rather uh, emotional, but I, I, just, I just want you to see it. Here's some... Some family members of ours here at Shoreline City. Some folks that have, uh, that have been through something very, very trying, very, very difficult. But you can see God's grace and his love carrying them and watching over them. Dare I say, increasing them. Even in the midst of massive difficulty and tragedy. As we continue to Increase as a church. We're not just talking about more people. We're talking about more of God's glory. We're talking about deeper connection with each other. We're talking about an increase of the word of God on the inside of us. We're talking about ourselves becoming less. And him becoming greater. I want you to watch us. Open up your heart. Let's allow God and his grace to encourage us. So a number of months ago, all of you guys were in something I would say is definitely life altering, something you will never forget. Uh, Do you remember the date? August 7th. August 7th, 2020. Um, What happened on August 7th, 2020? We got in a pretty horrible bus accident with 10 people and were hit head on in a collision. So this day, The collision happens, and then what happens? Like, what what do you guys remember? I just remember smashing up against the wall and then nothing for an extended period of time. And then I just remember waking up probably 30 yards in front of the bus, looking back at it, and just thinking, how did I get here? Like, I was just on the bus. The first thing that I remember, I don't really remember impact, but the next thought I had was I was leaving the bus, like I was going from kind of where it was dark on the bus to being outside and I was following Chris and all I thought was me and Chris are getting off the bus really quick, like what's going on? But we were literally mid air and it happened in like half a second. And then what we thought was her blood was coming from him. So it was trying to tie off his arm get her off the bus because people are talking about gasoline. Mm. Um, I don't think Trevor could move hardly, so I like, didn't know what his situation was, just like her, all right? Like at first, you just had a small bruise yeah. and didn't know that she had six broken bones in her face. Seeing my wife, who for about, you know, a minute and a half, I thought, you know, was dead. I couldn't find a pulse. You know, she was making gurgling noises, and so it was really scary. But, you know, ended up, you know, mm-hmm. being, being okay. Wow. You look over at your wife. Man. Sorry. <laughs> You're right, man. You didn't know who was in there. Same hospital as you, like you said, you had your people going into surgery. Yeah, everyone was off on a different stretcher. Uh, I was just scattered. I was in was shock, honestly. Yeah. How, 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 did you, how did you even get through it? Shoreline family was like I was blown away I mean you have to think about it we're laying in bed with each other for like two weeks straight you know we can't Trevor's back was broken um, couldn't really do anything for ourselves and the people who normally are the closest to us couldn't either so that's when I feel like our church family and parents and everything just really grabbed us by the hand and walked us through that I've realized I think the more, after especially this experience, I think God like will never let me down. He will always prove himself trustworthy. I can come to him with anything with like the tears and then also to have amazing community too is so helpful. But I've, I think that's one thing that I've really realized over this past, I think six months. You can certainly walk through it alone at you. You can say, you know, that God is good and he is so, so good. But at the end of the day, I mean, community, and it's just, I feel like we keep saying that word but there's a reason why. And I don't know, I just can't imagine going through this alone. Can't imagine going through it without you guys and just without everybody at Shoreline individually. It's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I would never wish this upon anybody and I definitely I definitely really don't want it to happen again. But, you know, on looking at everything on the other side of it, it's pretty amazing just to see God's hand in everything. Yeah. It's, there's no logic to it. Wow. Well, it's, yeah, it's really neat. So. As, uh, even as Gabe, this is Gabe to my left, and are right and those who are online uh, singing that last song just to give context I didn't ask him if I could say this but uh, his dad is fighting for his life right now his dad is literally fighting for his life he's been praying for his father so these aren't just like oh this is a song he's got a great voice which he totally does they're real people in real car accidents real situations and the great news is we serve a very real God that'll meet you exactly where you are so yes we're hopeful yes we're filled with faith and anticipation but it's not ignoring the realities of this life It's in spite of the realities of this life. And we're declaring the word and the truth of Almighty God. So no matter matter what it is that you're facing and battling, I want you to know that God sees you. God knows you. He's not forgotten about you. And this will be a year of increase in your life in amazing and powerful and prophetic ways in Jesus' name. I do want to ask everyone to do me a favor. Bow your head for just a moment online sitting in your home in your kitchen right now in the room on the front lawn wherever you may be and if you have yet to surrender your heart and your life to christ you've yet to make him number one you've yet to make him first you're under the sound of my voice you're saying i honestly i I might believe in god but i'm not a follower of jesus i have not surrendered my life to him i'm going to ask you I'm going to ask you to respond to the grace of God in this moment. Maybe there was a time you were following Jesus, but you slipped away. You've gone another direction. You're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go His way. If that is you, you're under the sound of my voice. You've never given your heart to Christ. Or at one point in time, you did, and you slipped away. No matter the age, no matter your marital status, no matter where you are in the world, this is your moment of salvation. This is your moment to respond to God's grace. So on the count of three, I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, Yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand in the air. You're saying, Yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Friends in the room, friends outside of the room saying, Yes, this is me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. I want to make them first. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart. If you would not mind every person. Repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, Dear Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we clap our hands no matter where you are in the world?